In Matthew 24, 32-35, Jesus wraps up his reply with a statement about summer. Well, more accurately, how to know when summer is approaching. Or shall we say, when it gets sort of summery, but not quite summer yet. Guess that makes the parable of the fig tree a summary statement. Hi, this is Hanson from Our Keeper's Awakening, a ministry dedicated to the awakening of the saints that we may know and fulfill our God-given kingdom assignments. This is what Kingdom 101 is all about. We revisit kingdom fundamentals to know Jesus our King, to embrace His kingdom that we may receive and move on kingdom assignments according to His kingdom ways. Will you join me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for the word of the kingdom. Lord, we pray that Jesus will be declared and that we will hear the voice of the Holy Spirit teaching us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Parables are stories that illustrate a main point simply and clearly. These are not meant to contain hidden meanings or complicated codes to decipher. Sadly, that's how the parable of the fig tree in Matthew 24 has been treated. In this teaching, we want to get back to what Jesus was really saying as he wrapped up his reply to the disciples. Now, before we get into our text, it is important that we first review and consider the broader context of Matthew 24 in this fifth kingdom discourse. Note that Jesus is still replying the disciples' big question in Matthew 24 verse 3. Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? In verses 4 to 14, he provides the general setting of what to expect, broadly referred to as the eschatological backdrop, and also what he expects of the people of his kingdom. Now, do not be deceived. Endure and persevere, preach the gospel of the kingdom. And then in verses 15 to 31, Jesus speaks of the destruction of the temple. He points to a great tribulation beyond what has been experienced before. And then he reveals the sign of his sudden but obvious return. Now then comes the parable of the fig tree in the next verses. A summary of sorts. In a sense, Jesus has addressed and answered the disciples' question. But it is a lot to process. And we know how easily we can be distracted by the details and end up missing the main point, right? Well, Jesus, the master teacher, most certainly knows that. And so I suppose he was saying, in case it's too much for you to take it all in, let me illustrate by way of a parable, a simple story that communicates a key point. This will help to summarize everything for you so that you get what I'm trying to tell you. Well, let's see what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24, verses 32 to 35. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. When Jesus tells a parable, 
It is never a standalone story. Either a parable comes first, followed by a teaching, or the parable is there to summarize and emphasize what has already been said. And this is what is happening here. This parable is not merely a statement about summer, but a summary statement to help the disciples get the main point. Now, since it is a summary, then all the answers can be found in the preceding verses. It shouldn't be difficult to get what Jesus wants us to get. However, many still find it hard to accept that it can be so simple and straightforward. Surely there must be more to this parable, or so we think. And so we ask, uh, what or who is this fig tree? What do all these things refer to? What did Jesus mean by this generation will by no means pass away? These are all great questions, but these have also posed many challenges to the way this passage has been interpreted. So as responsible students of the Word, let us do due diligence to consider these as we look for the right answers. Let's read Matthew chapter 24, verse 32 again. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. What or who does the fig tree represent? Fig trees are common and recognizable in Israel. Most other trees in the land are evergreen. So the banners of the fig tree in winter becomes very obvious. As such, when the fig tree begins to sprout leaves, large leaves, it is conspicuous and noticeable. Now there's a very present popular view that the fig tree represents Israel. As an agrarian culture, trees, not just limited to fig trees, they are used as biblical imagery by the rabbis. And often it is used to convey the idea or the expectation of fruitfulness of God's people. It is also meant to describe the contrast between good fruit and also bad fruit, as in the case of Jeremiah chapter 24, verses 1 to 10. And specifically, the point about fruitfulness and the opposite of fruitlessness, as was the case in Jesus' cursing of the fig tree in Matthew chapter 21, verse 19. I suppose to this end, the fig tree can be figurative and representative of Israel. And so this has been extended to refer to the birth of modern Israel in 1948. This has become a huge prophetic end-time sign. Although scripture does speak of the regathering of Israel, and the rebirth of modern Israel is indeed significant, is this what this parable is about? Was Jesus necessarily referring to Israel? Let's hold this thought for a while. Now, remember, a parable is a simple story. As such, the fig tree could just be a very simple and straightforward horticultural illustration. Again, remember, it is easily recognizable and understood. No big explanations are needed at all for the listeners or even the readers of Jesus' time. Just as how Jesus used the weather illustration to expose the leaders' lack of discernment of the times, the fig tree is also used as a very simple illustration to make his point. 
In Matthew chapter 16, verses 1 to 4, Jesus spoke about the red sky in the evening that pointed to a fair weather. And if you saw a red sky in the morning, then that would indicate foul weather. And then in Luke chapter 12, verses 54 to 56, Jesus again speaks about the cloud rising from the west, and so you know a shower is coming, or a south wind when it blows, then you know it is hot weather. So in the same way, Jesus uses the fig tree simply, when you see leaves on the tree, then you know that summer is near, and in parallel, when you see all these things take place, then the return of Jesus is near, it is at the doors. So which interpretation is right? I know one sounds more spiritual and more prophetic, the other more simple and straightforward. But let's keep in mind what parables are about and how they are supposed to work. How the fig tree is interpreted will also determine how one sees the leaves or all these things. And so let's turn to the question now of all these things. Now let's read Matthew chapter 24, 32 and 33 together. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. If we consider the fig tree as Israel, Taking this view, if Israel is the fig tree that puts forth leaves after a season of being bare, then all these things has to refer to the rebirth of modern Israel and everything that pertains to Israel. I know this is a very attractive proposition, and we have seen a lot of emphasis and focus on Israel since 1948, and that continues to be so. However, unfortunately, context does not really support this at all. Now please note, I'm not saying that Israel is not important or that she does not have a place in the eschatological picture. For sure, Israel will be included and involved, but it is way too narrow to only focus on Israel. Context has to help us determine what Jesus was referring to when he said all these things. And since the parable serves as a summary statement, we must refer to the preceding verses to understand all these things. As we have already noted in Matthew 24, 15-31, Jesus told the disciples to see, see, and to see. Three times he mentions this. In our previous teaching, we covered that Jesus said to see the abomination of desolation and the great tribulation that follows. Also to see and to note the accuracy of Jesus' warning about false Christs and prophets. And then to see the sign of the Son of Man and His coming on the clouds. In Matthew 24, 33, this verse, the disciples are reminded to see again all these things. Quite clearly and simply, all these things must refer to all Jesus had just mentioned in Matthew 24, verses 15 all the way to 28, except His return. The focus is on the times prior to Jesus' return. When you see these leaves, summer is near. So when you see these things, it is near. The coming is near. Jesus is near. 
at the doors. Jesus is coming will be very soon. And what this means is that the King is very near. The Kingdom of God is very close to being fulfilled, restored, and established. Luke chapter 21 verse 31 confirms this. In this passage, the parallel reading, it says, So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. All these things cannot be made to refer to the birth of modern Israel and things pertaining only to Israel. Context does not allow that. Now that we've considered the fig tree and all these things in its proper context, let's go on to tackle what may be the toughest point concerning this generation. Now let's go on to Matthew chapter 24, verse 34. Assuredly I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Now this phrase, this generation will by no means pass away, is not quite as straightforward at first glance. But let's consider the three possible views and see after this that it's not quite as difficult to understand. The first view is that this generation refers to that generation present with Jesus then. In Jesus' time, that generation lived to see the destruction of the temple in AD 70 and also suffered intense persecution and tribulation. And interestingly, all within 40 years, representative of a generation perhaps, all within that time of Jesus' prediction. That generation also is referred to as that climatic generation because they were the only ones and the only generation who saw and experienced Jesus firsthand, yet did not believe. Now Jesus repeatedly mentioned that this generation, those who rejected him, would be subject to a greater judgment. In Matthew 11, 20-24, to Chorazin, Bethsaida, Capernaum, they did not believe. And Jesus said that it would be more tolerable for Tyre, Sidon, Sodom in the day of judgment. Matthew 12, 38-42, the men of Nineveh, they repented at Jonah's preaching. The queen of the south came and sought wisdom of Solomon. Now these would rise up to condemn this generation. Well, if it does refer to that generation, then this passage has been fulfilled somewhat. However, although they saw all these things, they did not see the return of Jesus in their time. The second view is that this generation refers to the generation following the rebirth of Israel. And here again, we see Israel being the focal point. Israel was rebirthed in 1948. And some consider and hold to this point that Jesus will return within that generation and commonly referred to as the last generation. And so how long is a generation? 40 years? 70 years? Or maybe 80 years? Interestingly, in 1988, now that's 1948 plus 40, 1988, a book was published by this person called Edgar C. Wisenant, entitled 88 Reasons Why the Rapture is in 98. Oh, it was a hot seller. 
300,000 copies were given free to ministers for them to learn and to preach. Another 4.5 million copies were sold. Now, when the predicted rapture failed to occur in 1988, Wizenot followed up with later books with predictions for various dates in 1989, 1993, and 1994. Well, understandably, these books did not sell in the same quantity. But he continued to issue various rapture predictions through to how often or how long will you add to it? 40, 70, or 80? Now, many are still doing that. And they keep shifting and revising the dates as well as the years. Well, whatever it is, we have up to 2028, that's 80 years after 1948, before this generation sort of runs out. And so it's not wise to be looking at dates like this or even to predict a last generation so strongly, confidently, boldly and then having to revise it again. Now there's a third view that speaks of this generation as referring to an unbelieving, evil or wicked generation generally. Well, we have already seen that Jesus referred to his generation as an evil, wicked and adulterous generation. In Matthew 12, 39, he says, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. In Matthew 16, verse 4, same, A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. Same thing again, wicked, evil, adulterous. Now, this can refer generally to the evil, the wicked, as well as the unbelieving of every generation. These have been and will be around until Jesus' returns. And then these will pass away. They will be removed and they will be taken away. Now look at Paul in the New Testament in his epistle to the church in Philippi. He described his generation in the same way. Philippians 2.15 That you as people of God may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. So Paul talks about his generation in this way. But was it only for his generation? Notice that this phrase, a crooked and a perverse generation, this description is drawn from Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 5, years and years and years ago to a different generation, referring to God's own people as crooked, perverse, evil, wicked, even adulterous. Not much different from how Jesus described his generation. And this description remains true and also applicable even to our day and our generation. Now, another word often used in tandem with generation as an emphasis is this word age. Colossians 1 verse 26 says, The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, has now been revealed to his saints. So this is a much broader term. Now in Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, Paul says, Jesus who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age. In other words, this wicked and adulterous generation can also refer to broadly this present evil age, as opposed to the age that is to come. Now, with this understanding, let's read Matthew 24, verse 34 again. 
this generation or this evil and wicked generation or this present evil age will not pass away till all these things take place. Now let's rephrase this in a more positive tone versus the not pass away to will pass away. Now this evil and wicked generation, this present evil age, will pass away when? When all these things have taken place and when Jesus returns because that's what's going to happen after all these things take place. When will this happen? At the end of the age. And Jesus will usher in the new age of the kingdom. Now, is this consistent with what Jesus has been teaching? I believe so. In Matthew 13, verse 49, he says this in his parable, So it will be at the end of the age, the angels will come forth and separate the wicked. There you go. This wicked and evil and adulterous generation, it will be separated, this wicked, from the just. Considering Matthew 24, 34 and 35 now together, two verses, it makes it even clearer. Let's read it together. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Again, this phrase, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. This can be rephrased to read as this generation or this present evil age will pass away when or after all these things take place. Now this statement is parallel with the next verse. With heaven and earth will pass away. Now when will that happen? Heaven and earth will pass away when or after Jesus comes to establish the kingdom of God. When he ushers in the new age where then there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Listen to the words in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Now of the three views or the three interpretations, to me, this final one makes the most sense. The disciples asked Jesus about the end of the age, and Jesus answered them by showing what will happen when he comes at the end of the age. This generation aptly describes the present evil age that will not pass away until the coming of the Lord. And once we understand this in its context, this generation then is applicable to each and every generation. Having considered the common questions that have posed many challenges and caused much confusion, we see that it is not as complicated as it has been made out to be. The parable of the fig tree was not given for believers to figure out some perplexing prophetic puzzle. It is a simple story that shows and summarizes what Jesus wants us to know. And in case you find it still a little bit complicated, allow me to help you. Now this is how my simple summary statement would look like for this passage. When times get tough, know that it won't be long. I'm coming soon. Trust me. It's a simple summary statement. It's a word of encouragement for disciples to endure and not give up. The times will get tough and tougher. It's an evil and wicked generation. It's a word of comfort because Jesus will return soon to save and to usher in a new age. This present evil age will not be forever. We can look forward 
to the new age of the kingdom. It is a word of hope because Jesus has said it. And if Jesus has said it, it will surely come to pass. As God said that His word will stand forever, Jesus says the same thing because He's not just the Son of Man. He's also the Son of God and His word will truly stand. So hear the summary statement of Jesus again. When times get tough, know that it won't be long. I'm coming soon. Trust me. And as if preempting and knowing that many will still focus on the wrong things and be very tempted to predict and set dates, Jesus promptly clarifies this summary statement with a but. In Matthew 24, verse 36, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. This verse cannot be clearer or plainer, but of that day, often referred to as the day of the Lord, and of that hour, the precise moment of His coming, no one knows. And if Jesus says that no one knows, then no one knows. Simply put, we can know that He's coming soon, but we will not know when He will come. This verse, Matthew 24, 36, is a transition verse that clarifies the parable of the fig tree, emphasizes the unexpectedness of his expected return, and also introduces the final section of this fifth kingdom discourse, what the right focus is and how we are to live in light of this summary statement. When times get tough, know that it won't be long. I'm coming soon. Trust me. Let me leave you with three simple implications that we can draw from this simple statement and Jesus' clarification in verse 36. Number one, stop setting dates, months, years. Too many have done that and are still doing that. I think Jesus wants us to move with what we know and don't try to know what we cannot know. Too many are trying to look at these dates, point here, point there, focusing on the wrong things when the Lord says, with what you know, you've got to live and move correctly and faithfully. Don't waste time. Don't waste time. Don't set dates. Number two, hang in there and hear the repeated words of Jesus once more. Do not be deceived. It's going to get more confusing. It's going to get worse. There will be false cries false prophets, wrong teachings, unsound doctrine. Don't compromise in an evil and a wicked generation. Live in the ways of the kingdom. When it gets tough, and it will get tougher, persevere and endure. Don't, don't give up. Encourage one another as you see the day approaching because Jesus, as He says, will come soon. Number three, be watchful, be faithful, be ready and prepared. What are we supposed to do? Preach the good news of the kingdom. Reveal the king and the things of his kingdom. And how do we do that? Let's know and fulfill our God-given kingdom assignments. Summary statement once more. When times get tough, know that it won't be long. I'm coming soon. Trust me. Let's bring this to a close. The parable of the fig tree is about the nearness of summer. Well, not specifically about summer per se, and hence a summary statement. 
This passage wraps up and concludes Jesus' reply to the disciples' question about his return and the end of the age. And so, a summary statement. Jesus' point is simple, clear, and precise. It is also timely and applicable across all generations. Every generation is to be watchful, faithful, prepared, and ready. A simple summary statement. But simple does not mean easy, because it won't be easy to follow Jesus. Thankfully, we have His word of encouragement, His word of comfort, and always His word of hope. When times get tough, know that it won't be long. I'm coming soon. Trust me. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for showing us so clearly and so plainly. Forgive us, Lord, where we have made things complicated and we have distracted ourselves with things we should not be concerned about. The focus is so clear as you're reminding us. Keep watching. Keep looking. Understand that you're coming soon. In the meantime, be faithful to do what we need to be doing. And so help us, Lord, as you encourage us, comfort us, and also give us this word of hope to know that you are coming soon for us and we can look forward to a new age of the kingdom of God. And it's all going to be good. We trust you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining me for another Kingdom 101 teaching. For past teachings, visit our website, kingdom101.archipusawakening.org. Until the next time, this is Hansen signing off. Stay awakened, aligned, and assigned. God bless you.